Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey everybody, what's going on? Today is Sunday. It is the 7th of June, 2015. Well, it's been again a couple of weeks since I've been able to put out a show. I just did not have the time, and actually last week I would have had the time on Sunday, but I uh, something came up, and I will, I'll tell you guys about that here in a second. We do have uh, some feedback that I will read out here in just a second. On the feedback, it's if you send something through Facebook, it seems that sometimes I see it, sometimes I don't. I try and check it, um, but I think the best way to actually do feedback would either be to just send an email or if you want to do an audio recording to be played on the show, go ahead and do that and then send that to firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's something that I check all the time. Um, so it's much more likely that I'll actually see it. I Facebook does some weird stuff. Like there's, there's things on there that sometimes it seems like when I go and check on some of the notifications on the pages, it doesn't notify me that, you know, maybe somebody left a comment or sent a message or something like that. So again, the best way, if you, if you want to see it or want to want to have it heard on the show or have the input put in the show is to go ahead and send it in to me to the um, firearmscafe at gmail.com, uh, the email address there. If I see something on Facebook, I will definitely put it on the show, but it may be late. It may be, there's been some stuff where I've, I'm going in there and kind of checking stuff, and then all of a sudden I see, oh, this was from like two months ago, and I had no idea it was there. So anyway, on the last show we had uh, we had talked about the headspace and especially when you're building either either excuse me an AR15 rifle or an AR15 pistol checking like the the headspace which is basically uh, the very very simplified is how the actual round of ammunition is going to fit inside the gun and and whether it's uh, um, the the chamber is the correct size so that you wouldn't run into problems so 
So anyway, uh, on the last show, we had an email from Dave just asking a couple of questions about thing, and then he had a little bit of a correction that he sent in, so I'll go ahead and read that now. And he writes in, Tony, if you receive other feedback on my Headspace Gauge AR pistol build question, there was one typo in my email that was a fairly big, oh shit, when I heard you read it. The $300 cost was neither associated with what a gunsmith would charge, nor what the gauges would cost. I intended to type $100 only in reference to the gauge cost, and this would be for the cost of all three recommended gauges of a 5.56 NATO chambered rifle. So a go gauge, a no-go gauge, and a field gauge, and that would also include shipping. I only share this in case someone else writes in with a comment on the cost I quoted with a WTF tone, my error, sorry, and that again is from Dave. So Dave, again, thanks for the clarification on that. Uh, and like we had talked about on the last show, we had kind of covered like, you know, um, whether you should do it, whether you shouldn't. Probably if you're a first-time builder, you should you should do something, either have it, you know, get the gauges if you can get them. You know, when, the, when we were, when I was looking at, um, trying to get those gauges, it seemed like you could maybe get like the go gauge, but you couldn't get the no go gauge, or you could get the field gauge, but you couldn't get, you know, the other stuff. And so they all run around roughly, you know, around a 30 to $40 per gauge. Uh, probably if you took it to a gunsmith, I don't have any idea, but probably you're just, it's not going to take him that long to do it. He could probably easily do it within, uh, a half hour to an hour, uh, and then and, and if you were taking it in and you hadn't, you were building one and you hadn't done anything, he could do it fairly quickly. It would probably be like a ten or fifteen minute job for him, and he'd probably charge you just whatever his hourly uh, labor rate is. Because of course, you know, you got to pay that because even if it's a simple job, because if he's taking the time to check that headspace for you, that means he's setting aside maybe another job that he could be doing in that hour. So, uh, you know, even if he only take, you know, it takes him 15 minutes or something, he still may charge you that hourly rate. And that's why, because you're, you're sort of taking up that guy's time. So anywho, and I, I know everybody knows that, but, um, some of the reasons why I didn't put out a show last week when I probably could have was that my daughter was wanting the last, oh, maybe two or three weeks has been bringing up, Oh, can we go shooting again? I'd like to go shooting. And about three weeks ago, it didn't work out like time-wise. And then um, there were other like family functions and things that we had to go to. And then like two weeks ago, uh, it it uh, again didn't work out. We had other stuff that had kind of already been planned. Um, there was a thing where she had some other like classes she wanted to do this, like cupcake decorating class. And by the time she would get done with that it was going to be too hot. It would, it would be too late in the afternoon. So what we did this last weekend, which was on a Sunday was we went out to the desert and we left real early. We got up around seven and then headed out. And by the time we, um, we didn't go to, uh, a range or anything. We just went out into the desert to a place where I like to go. Uh, and the, the place where I like to go is kind of neat because once you get there and you shoot, there's a great big giant hill that is a sort of a, a giant natural backstop that they're, that you're shooting into. So you're not going to, um, 
you know, overshoot that and you can see, you know, everything around you. So again, you know, kind of trying to stay as safe as, as possible. So anyway, we uh, went out there and shot and we shot for probably, oh, I'd say maybe about an hour and a half. But being as this is Arizona and it um, was the end of May, it was probably, when we got out there, it was probably in the 80s and so it was relatively comfortable. But by the time we left, it was in the high 90s. It was like 98, 99. Uh, and that was still at about probably 945, I guess, or so is when we finished up. But what we did is uh, I, I took out the uh, Ruger 1022, the rifle that I have, and then I also have a older a Mark II Ruger uh, 22 pistol. And for those of you guys that are unfamiliar with the Mark II, it would basically kind of remind you and looks a little bit of the, of like the old... Uh, Lugers that the that the Germans used in World War II and stuff like that. So, but anyway, uh, what we did is we went out and of course we went over the the gun safety rules and we talked about you know the importance of being able to see everything around you and and when you load and what you do and and procedures and stuff like that. So we went over the four basic rules, but then we also went over a lot of stuff where we talked about well this is how you handle the gun and this is. Um, what you're going to do every time you're done firing, you're going to, you know, you're going to flip that safety back up and then you're going to go ahead and put it down. And she's actually really quite, um, quite good with being aware of what she's doing and being aware of where the muzzle is. And I only had to give her one reminder when she was starting to talk and she, it was the, the gun didn't come anywhere near me. But she had, she had fired the last round and then she had flipped it back up on safe. And then she went to talk with me to, you know, like look over her shoulder and she started to swing the gun. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And then she was like, oh, okay, okay. So, you know, she's real cognizant and she's, she's not, she's going to be 10 here pretty soon. But so she's basically a 10 year old little girl and she does, you know, fairly well. Um, The gun is still pretty heavy for her. Um, she's a very petite little thing. And so what we did since we were going out into the desert, I threw a small like uh, card table and some folding chairs in the back of the truck. And then I had my own, uh, target stand that I made that I made out of a two inch PVC. And one of the things I did a, a modification to it, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, if I remember, if I don't go too far down the rabbit holes, uh, but anyway, what we did was we took we took the uh, the folding table and the chair so that she could sit, and then I also took an old ammo can and we draped like a little towel over that so that she could rest the gun up against that, and she could she could fire the pistol. Um, and then what we did at first is we only loaded one round at a time, and then as I saw that she was doing a little better because it'd been a while since we'd been out, but as I saw she was doing a little bit better. Then we, we added more rounds we, and we talked about like keeping count of your rounds and, and uh, knowing how many times you've shot the gun and taking your time and not going too fast, you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, but she actually is a, a pretty decent little shot, you know, and she'll, uh, but like I said, when she holds the gun, her form of course isn't the greatest, but I'm not too worried about that. She's doing it of course all in a safe manner. 
and she has control of the gun the way that she's holding it. It wouldn't, she's, her hands are a little too small and the gun weighs a little too much for her to really be able to extend it and to, to have, you know, what you would call a quote unquote proper grip. She has a, um, a safe grip and again is in full control of the firearm when she has it. Uh, but so anyway, what we did target wise for, you know, for kids and stuff, it's, it's not too exciting to just punch holes in paper. So what we had done, and I, I think I've, t- uh, I think I had these left over from the last, one of the last times that we went out. But what we did is we went down to the dollar store the day before and we found some of these big, they're kind of the giant size coloring books or activity books that you can get for a dollar. And they're, I don't know, 30, 40 pages. And they'll have, you know, pictures of cartoon rabbits or pigs or, you know, whatever on there. And then so what we do is that's what I use for targets because then each target is different. Again, it's not just like a bullseye or anything like that. And then we can say, you know, shoot at the uh, the tree or shoot at the cloud or shoot, you know, try and shoot the shoot him right in the nose or try and shoot the foot. And so we'll we do different things and it, it kind of keeps her interest for a little bit. But what she really likes to do is is having like a, a reactive target. And so what we did this time was we bought some applesauce at the dollar store. And so we bought two things. So I had we had basically eight kind of uh, mini reactive targets for her to be able to shoot. And so we we just took a stick and put it in the ground. And then I set the applesauce cup, a little plastic cup, up on that stick. And then she would shoot it. And then, of course, when she hit it, it would, it would explode and everything. And she got a big kick out of it. In fact, the first one, she hit it and it was just a massive explosion. It was like sort of the perfect uh, the perfect hit for it. So she got like a really big kick out of that. And this was a little bit toward more of the end because we'd kind of save those up a little bit. So anyway, by the time we had gotten to shooting the um, the applesauce cups, she was kind of getting tired and it was a little hot. Like I said, it was getting up into the high 90s, probably 98, 90, 99. And she said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm hot. I kind of want to stop. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of done. Now, I wouldn't have minded staying out there and shooting a little bit more. But I said, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And so it's sort of another another tip with your kids is you don't want to, you don't want to push them. So if they're going there and they want to shoot for a little bit, but then they're like, ah, I'm kind of done with it and they want to go sit down, don't, in my opinion, I don't think you should do stuff like, no, you're going to, you're, we're here to shoot. So you're going to go ahead and shoot. You're going to finish out this string or you're going to do this and you're going to do that, blah, 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 blah. You know, make it, make it fun for him. Make it to where like what she did with me, where she is like, oh, I want to go. I really want to go because it's every time we go, it's fun. It's not a drag. It's not, you know, something she has to do. At this point, I don't make her clean the guns. I don't make her do that. If she wanted to to go through the stuff with me, I would. But again, I'm not going to turn any part of it into like a drag for them. Um, so what we did is I made sure that she had, she's got a little iPad mini. And what I did is I wanted to shoot just a little bit more. So I said, well, I started up the truck, got the air conditioner going for her and had, gave her, had her water there inside. And she goofed around on her iPad while I, uh, 
shot a couple more magazines, which is only about 20 rounds, um, just so that I could have some fun. And I, I'd shot too. And that was another thing too, as we took turns, we rotated and then she would help load and I'd have her insert the magazine and do all that other stuff. So again, she's familiar with the gun and how it works and what do they call it? The manual of arms, all that type of stuff. So, but when she was ready to go, I was like, okay, well then, you know, all right, we're done. That's, you know, that's great. I'm glad you had a good time. And, and then I sat her in the truck. She's so she's in the air conditioning. She can relax. And, uh, then I cleaned up the area and that's another thing. If you are going to take reactive targets and stuff out to the desert, you know, try and, uh, pick up and clean up after yourself. So I went up and picked up all the plastic cups and everything. The actual applesauce that was on the ground, you know, that'll get eaten up by ants or whatever, other insects and all that stuff. So I'm not worried about that, but I went and I picked up all the plastic, picked up the, the little, like, uh, the lids and things like that, that I, that I could find. And then I tried to, even with the little 22 brass, I tried to pick up that stuff as much as I could find. And I just took a trash bag out there with me and just threw all that stuff in a trash bag. And then when we went back into town, we ended up having to get gas. So I just, you know, took and threw that stuff out. Um, but if you do that, you know, especially if you're going, if you're, if you're not going out to, uh, a specific range, um, if you, if you'll clean up after yourself and even kind of clean up a little bit after other people too, it makes it, uh, just overall big picture stuff. It makes it, um, to where the, the, like the place I will here, the place I went was BLM land. So it makes it to where BLM is not going to close that stuff down. Now, again, the place where I went, I, you know, you, you, I see evidence of other shooters that have been there. So I know I'm not the only one that goes to that spot. And in fact, when we were out there, probably, oh, I don't know. They must've been maybe four or 500 yards away from us, but they were, they were off to more the west direction of us, uh, kind of south, and not really south, but they were off to the west of us. Um, and we could hear them. We couldn't see them really because of how the, the stuff is out there. Um, but I could hear them shooting, and they were, you know, they were a good distance away. So, um, one, and again, one of the reasons that I like to go out to the desert is of course you don't have a bunch of range safety officers all over you. Um, there are a lot of places where they won't let a little kid shoot. They won't let a child shoot. There are other places where you can go to the range. Um, and I think I will give a plug for, where's that? I think it's Scottsdale gun club will let uh, children in. I don't know what the actual range is. I think they have to be maybe at least 10 years old, maybe older. I don't know, but I know I've seen other kids there. Now I've taken her and some friends and their and his daughters. We've gone to a range that I've talked about on the show before where it's just sort of an open range. There's no safety officers. Um, but what's nice about them is that they have, they have big concrete benches and then they have, uh, not a canopy, but they have like the concrete and they have the roofing system on there. So you can actually be in the shade, the bent, the, uh, not bends, the, uh, bays, excuse me. There we go. Are kind of U shaped, of course. And then they're super, super high berms. 
Uh, so it's it's a it's a real good safe place to go. And of course, there you can uh, you can do pretty much um, whatever you want. So you can take your kids there. You can practice drawing from concealment. You know, you can set things up. There's no targets or anything there. Uh, so you have to bring all your own stuff, much like kind of going out to the desert and all that. But uh, it is, and it's free, you know, it's just the, whatever the fuel cost for you to get out there. What I have noticed with going out to that range the last couple of times that I've been, uh, it's been pretty crowded. And usually if I was just going by myself, I would go during the week like on a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something where you wouldn't expect that many people to be there. But the the last couple of times I've gone, even when I've gone on a Wednesday, Wednesday or Tuesday, excuse me, there's been quite a few people there. So uh, it used to be a few months ago, uh, you could kind of go there on, on those off days and you would only see maybe five or six other people, which on a big facility, it's almost like you've got the whole thing to yourself. And a lot of times I would go there and I could get a, sort of a pistol bay, which is set up to have like three people. So you could have three, there's three benches and you could have, you know, three people in that bay. Um, generally I've almost always had those to myself. Uh, so, but anyway, I'd like to hear from you guys. If you guys have taken your kids out, kind of what their experience is, what experience you had with them, what's your approach to it? Like I said, mine is to make it fun, no stress, uh, stuff like that. So that, uh, she always is eager to go and it's a fun thing for her. And also like I've asked her, Oh, do you want to go? I've asked her in the past. Oh, do you want to go shooting, you know, this weekend or something? She's like, nah. And then I just, you know, I don't, uh, nag her about it or anything. Just kind of let her kind of go at her own pace. And I think she likes it. I think, um, whether she'll be a lifelong shooter or anything, you know, I don't know. That'll sort of be her decision. Um, but, well, anyway, I think that's about it. So that's kind of what I did, was able to do in guns the last uh, last weekend. So and that was a real fun time for me. I was really glad to uh, have her with me. And and that was another thing I told her when we were coming home. I was I said, oh, you did a really good job. And I was, you know, real happy to have you with me. And I was glad to get to spend time with you and this, that, and the other thing. Now, a, a kind of a good, oh, side effect, I guess, maybe, of uh of having her go out with me a few times is what she's wanting to do now is she's wanting to have my wife go with us so she's been saying oh I, you know next time i want mom to come with us too and so it's a good way where i can pressure my wife because my daughter wants her to go and so my wife may blow me off but she, she's not going to want to blow off my daughter too quick so all right uh, i wanted to talk about a thing that i saw the other day on on Facebook and it was a a video of a guy and I'm going to try and find it and see if I can't play it here so I tell you what let me hit pause and then I'll uh, I'll find this thing and then I'll play it for you guys all right I found the video and uh, I'm going to go ahead and play it and I'll talk over it just because there's no there's no words or anything, so we'll go ahead and play it. Um, so what we're seeing is a guy that is, um, 
he's like taking out a knife and then he's like slashing at a couple of targets and then he's also shooting. So there's a, like a target to his left. He slashes, he spins around, slashes the, the target that's behind him with a knife. Um, sometimes he switches hands. Sometimes he's, he's shooting this, that, and the other thing. And so when I see stuff like this, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the purpose is because you're like, I don't know why you wouldn't necessarily go to the gun. And some people would argue and they would, okay. And that's the end of the video. So some people would argue and they would say, well, you don't always have to go to the gun to be a solution for a problem. But again, he, if he's using a knife, it's that you're in a lethal force situation. So either your life is in danger or there's a, a clear danger to you, uh, to someone close to you, uh, that you think that they're, uh, that their life could be lost or that they could have great bodily harm. They could be maimed, things like that. Um, so again, my question would be on something like that. Like, why would you deploy the knife? Why wouldn't you just start with the firearm? Uh, to, to me, it doesn't make a lot of logical sense because what you're doing is you're, you're adding another level of complexity to a, what's going to be a super high stress situation. Um, so I don't know. And maybe that's good for this dude that maybe he can do that stuff. Um, I couldn't, uh, and I don't think I would want to train for it that way. I don't, again, I'm not saying that, you know, that every situation would be solved with a firearm. Obviously you could, you could, you could leave, but in this specific thing, what it looks like the, what this is saying is like, if you were having facing multiple attackers, you could, I guess, go to the knife. So he had the, he had the knife on his left hand side and he had a gun on his right hand side. And, he draws and he slashes at the target that's sort of to his left. And then he moves and turns around, slashes at a target that is behind him. Sometimes he, when he's turning around, he'll transition the knife to his right hand and then he'll slash at that back target. And then he'll transition the knife back to his left and then he'll, access and draw the firearm and fire. So uh, am I, am I missing something? Is this, uh, it looks like to me that this is sort of a, a solution maybe in search of a problem. Um, so I don't know. Let me, let me know what you guys think. I will, um, I'll try and link to the video, I guess. So you guys could go and watch it and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll share it over on, if I can, on the Firearms Cafe page. And if you guys want to, you know, take a look at it, go ahead and, and let me know what you think. And then, uh, or if you want to send in, watch it, send in an email or, or send in an audio thing, uh, let me know what you think on that. Now, here is a video that I think you guys, uh, and it's a series of videos, and I think it's a video that is absolutely 100% worth your watching and I will need to edit it, this down a little bit because there's a couple of uh, spots where in the video and, and when you hear it 
Um, I, all I'm doing is just editing, editing out like the intro where you don't really see anything or you don't really hear anything from the person talking. Uh, so let me go ahead and I will uh, play that for you now. Hi folks, my name is Paul Carlson and I'm the owner of Safety Solutions Academy. And I'm here with you today for gun safety tip number five, the big picture rule. This is the fifth video in our series of 30 videos that deal with gun safety and we're putting these out for National Safety Month here in June of 2015. If you haven't caught the first four videos, make sure you head to www.ssa.training slash gun safety. And that's where you can find all the videos we've released so far. The big picture rule. Credit to this rule really goes to Rob Pincus of ICE Training. He's one of the founders of the Combat Focused Shooting Program. And in that program, he teaches his instructors to share with their students this big picture rule. It goes something like this. Keep in mind that you are in charge of a deadly weapon. If you use that deadly weapon with malice or with negligence, you could hurt or kill yourself or somebody else. Yeah, that's right, folks. When you handle firearms, you are in charge of a deadly weapon. And that's really what it comes down to. The big picture rule, the fact that firearms have serious consequences if misused, is the reason why gun safety is so important. And it's something we need to keep in mind whenever we interact with firearms. So folks, think about that big picture rule. The fact that you are the one that's in control. When you're in control of a firearm, you need to first of all, think. You need to use your brain. You need to think about what actions you're going to take and what consequences those actions can have. That's important because again, you are in control. The second thing you need to, do, need to do, excuse me, is to mitigate risk. That's what firearm safety rules are about. That's what making good decisions about is finding that balance. We talked about that. We talked about safety as a big concept. Find that balance where the benefits of your actions significantly outweigh the risks. Third thing you need to do is when you realize you're in over your head, when things seem like they're going wrong, stop. If something bad hasn't happened yet and you simply stop and don't do anything, then nothing bad is going to happen. You need to make sure when you're thinking about gun safety, when you're thinking about safety in general, that when things start to head in a negative direction, that you stop and sort it out before you act. Taking the wrong action can have more consequences, in fact, much more consequence than doing nothing at all. So when you're out on the range, when you're in the basement cleaning your guns, when you're simply getting ready to put that gun on to head out for the day, remember that if you're not sure what it is that's going on, stop. Don't do anything else until you figure it out, and that is going to help to keep you safer. folks you need to understand the big picture. Again, that's why I'm putting together these 30 videos of gun safety for the month of June. Show that you understand the big picture and make sure you watch every single one and share these videos with other folks that have firearms in their lives. Folks, June is National Safety Month, but every day is Gun Safety Day. All right, well, that is from Paul Carlson. He is uh, the owner of Safety Solutions Academy. And if you want to go check out the videos that he's done, 
uh, the other videos that he's going to be doing for the rest of the month. Uh, I would urge you to go over to www.gunsafety.video uh, for more of his videos. Uh, I like Paul a lot. I like uh, his um, teaching style from everything I've seen with him. I've never actually been able to train with him, but I've watched a lot of stuff that he's done. I've listened to a lot of the shows that he's been on. And uh, I, I, I like his approach to instruction and to teaching. So um, he seems to be a pretty laid back guy. Um, uh, serious without being sort of overbearing, uh, you know. So anyway, if you ever get the chance to uh, train with him, I would I would recommend it. If I ever get the chance, I'd like I'd love to take some classes from him, and plan to do so in the future uh, when I have a little bit more time and a little bit more money. So, anywho, um, I will put links to those uh, both over on the uh, Facebook page at firearms cafe. And then I'll also on firearmscafe.com I'll put links to the gun safety video stuff, uh, where you can go and see that. And I'm pretty sure he's, I'm pretty sure they're on YouTube as well, uh, that they're hosted up there as well. So anyway, I think that is going to kind of do it for the show today. Uh, it's a little bit shorter, uh, but I did want to put something out. And uh, again, thank you guys who have gone over to the Facebook page and hit the like button. I really appreciate that. Uh, it inspires me to get on the stick more and, and, and to, um, to try and get more shows out and things like that. Cause it, it gives me an idea of the whole, oh, you know, at least some people are out there listening. I'm not just doing it for, you know, like five or six people. So, which even if there were five or six people, I'd probably still do the show anyway, just cause I like doing it. So again, if you want to contact me, you can do so um, over at firearmscafe at gmail.com or you can uh, send stuff on the Facebook page. And uh, if it's a comment you want read out for the show, uh, I'll try and do that for you. Uh, but other than that, I think we're going to draw it to a close. I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else that I wanted to talk about today. Yeah, I think we're done. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>